Strange happenings are occurring in the world of Exandria. Slayed creatures and beasts from days of yore are returning to the land of the living, and it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. Join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside Game Masters Nick Williams and me, George Primavera, in this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing adventure through Critical Role's fantasy world of Exandria. But don't worry, you won't need to know the rules to follow this story. All you need to know is that nothing the players do is scripted or planned, and their fates are determined by their own cleverness and the roll of a 20-sided die. So what the heck are you waiting for? Adventure awaits in the Re-Slayer's Take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. We all love eating tasty food, and what's even better than that is when it's completely free. That's exactly what HelloFresh is giving away to you guys today. Free appetizers for the rest of your life. If you don't know, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I've been a long-time subscriber because not only do they make meal planning as simple as possible and essentially remove any trips I need to take to the grocery store, but they have the biggest menu out there with over 50 recipes to choose from every single week. I mean, it's summertime. We all want to spend more time relaxing in the sun and less time in the kitchen Using HelloFresh, they let you get back to enjoying pool and beach time with just a few clicks on your computer. Just choose your meals, select a delivery date, and HelloFresh delivers everything right to your door. And like I said, when you sign up today, you'll unlock free appetizers for life. Go to HelloFresh.com slash AndrewApps for free appetizers for life. One appetizer item per box while subscription is active. That's free appetizers for life at HelloFresh.com slash Andrew Apps. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Most of us grew up with the belief that law enforcers, and the police in particular, are always the good guys. And while many are, and could even be heroes, the simple truth is they are people just like you and I. And if you follow this channel, you know that people, regardless of their occupation, are out there who commit crimes and horrible acts for a variety of different reasons. Some officers even get into their line of business knowing that they could use their authority to cover up their evil deeds. So these stories aren't meant to bash on police officers, but rather show you that no matter who you're dealing with, you always need to be careful. Here are five police officers who committed unthinkable acts. Number five, Wayne Cousins. Like nurses and doctors, law enforcement officials were also once considered frontliners in the fight against the spread of COVID-19 during the pandemic. They were tasked to make sure that health regulations were being observed. 
However, former police officer Wayne Cousins took advantage of this situation to carry out his depraved and murderous tendencies. On the evening of March 3rd, 2021, Sarah Everard was walking home to the Brixton Hill area from a friend's house near Clapham Common in South London. Cousins, a Metropolitan Police officer, apprehended the 33-year-old for what was supposed to be a breach in COVID-19 protocol. Now, instead of just simply issuing her a ticket, the 48-year-old cop told a female marketing executive to hop inside his car. He then drove the alleged violator to an area near Dover where he sexually assaulted and later on strangled her to death using his police duty belt. After the deed, court documents revealed that the attacker burned the victim's body and then disposed of her remains in a nearby pond. Meanwhile, Everard's boyfriend reported her missing on March 4th. The ensuing investigation led to Cousin's arrest on March 9th, and he was initially suspected of kidnapping, but he gave such a very convincing alibi that he was subsequently released with his charges dropped. However, he was then re-arrested the following day when the woman's remains were finally discovered. The trial soon followed, and on June 8th of that same year, Cousins pleaded guilty to Everard's kidnapping, rape, and eventual murder. Apparently, though, this wouldn't be the first time that the former police officer had a run-in with the law himself. Because just three days before the disappearance, the ex-law enforcer was apprehended for indecent exposure. That's right, a cop who exposed himself was three days later put on the job. And amazingly, the same complaint was filed against him numerous times in 2015. But with the law being on his side, these investigations resulted in no further actions. Public service watchdogs criticized the Metropolitan Police for inadvertently playing a part in this tragedy. According to them, when Cousins was still applying to join the police force, the agency didn't even bother to do a background check on him, a mistake that obviously was paid for with the death of an innocent civilian. Cousins now is serving a life sentence behind bars. Meanwhile, Everard's case rekindled the public's attention on police recruitment. Met Police now have finally vowed to do everything they can to make sure that the officers they hire and deploy are the ones who can truly be trusted. Number 4. Brian Reiser In an organization, the actions of a few certainly affect the many. For Dallas police, they could never be more relentless to restore and uphold the integrity of their office following a controversy that once plagued the department. This all began when they announced the arrest of Officer Brian Reiser on March 4th of 2021. This happened after a witness came forward with glaring information about the officer's involvement in two separate murders. According to the informant, he and the cop had known each other for many years and had reconnected sometime in 2013. During this time, Reiser contacted him and curiously asked him if he was still doing the things they usually did before. And by that, he meant committing theft and burglaries. But just as the petty criminal thought that they'd only be ransacking some property, he was shocked to hear of a different, more blood-curdling proposition. Allegedly, the public servant asked the tipster to kidnap and kill a certain 
Mr. Albert Douglas, in 2017. To carry out the plan, the informant called in two other companions, and together they abducted the 61-year-old, put him in a car, and drove him to a spot near the Trinity River. They then shot and killed the victim before ultimately dumping the body in that river. Two weeks later, Riser purportedly contacted the trio for another assignment. Their target this time was Liza Sands. The police supposedly told them that the 31-year-old was an informant that they needed to dispose of, and Sands was shot and killed and her body then dumped in the same river. The hitmen weren't able to collect their bounty, though, as they had already been arrested in a series of unrelated killings. It was during this arrest that they spilled the information about Riser's evil plans. The now former Dallas cop was promptly apprehended and then charged with two counts of capital murder. In April of 2021, just as he was waiting for a court trial, the Dallas County Criminal Court announced that, surprisingly, they found insufficient evidence against the accused. As such, he was released from detention and cleared of any charges. However, considering the complexity of the case, prosecutors said that the investigation remains open and that charges may again be filed if they see a viable reason to do so. Meanwhile, Riser has maintained his innocence throughout the ordeal. His advocates believe that the supposed informant has told nothing but lies and had only wanted to implicate him. Now, whether Riser is truly innocent or not, it remains to be seen if he really is an honest law enforcer or a despicable individual capable of mustering a murderous plot. Number 3. Ricardo Ferreira It's quite difficult to understand how we humans have the willingness to bestow to a few individuals the power to govern over everybody else. With a sacred trust given to them, some, especially those in law enforcement, can tend to abuse it. In Rafaela, which is a city in the province of Santa Fe, Argentina, a group of police officers were charged and convicted with crimes against humanity, the details of which will definitely make your blood boil. According to a report, a retired police commissioner named Ricardo Ferreira banded together with other high-ranking servicemen Juan Perizotti, Maria Abe, and Oscar Farina. Instead of helping to maintain peace in their community, on May 24, 1977, they abducted a girl named Silvia Supo. The 17-year-old was an activist and, at the time, was pregnant. The kidnapping happened four months after her boyfriend, Ronaldo Hatmer, who was also an activist, vanished into thin air. Several others, like Jorge de Stefani, Hugo Supo, who was Silvia's brother, Ricardo Diaz, and Gracela Rebellino, had suffered the same wicked fate. These young Argentinian protesters were said to have been tortured while in illegal custody by Ferreira and his cohorts. Only one of the victims survived the ordeal, and most of them disappeared, never to be seen again. But among the lot, it was supposed to be Sylvia who went through the most terrible nightmare. As indicated in the court papers, the teenager was first taken to a particular Santa Fe police precinct, where she was detained to what is called 
La Casita, a clandestine detention center. It was here where she was raped multiple times by Ferreira and his male companions. This was supposed to be done as a form of discipline imposed on a woman by abusive members of the force. As you see, during those years, Argentina was in total chaos. The country was under the control of civic military dictatorship following the demise of its populist president, Juan Perón. The government was in shambles, and protests happened from left to right, and this brought forth the police and military's unprecedented power over civilians. And so no one could ever dare question, let alone apprehend those who abused their authority. And so Sylvia suffered through all the abuse and humiliation perpetrated by these people. After, in La Casita, she was transferred to the reinforced infantry guard headquarters where it was discovered that she was in fact with child. Instead of letting her go, the same armed personnel forced her to undergo an abortion which endangered her life. Ms. Suppo managed to free herself and for many decades carried the ugly scars of brutality she had gone through during the 70s. However, in March of 2010, after she stood up to testify in court against Ferreira and her other tormentors, she was murdered. It was never determined in the report if Ferreira had something to do with her death, but suffice to say, her testimony against them warranted their revenge. Nonetheless, the police official, along with three others, have been charged and found guilty of committing crimes against humanity. Ferreira, in particular, was given a meager 20 years prison sentence for kidnapping, torture, repeated rape, and murder. This decision obviously made the public angry, who thought this wasn't enough to pay for the unimaginable cruelty that they had inflicted on innocent individuals. Number 2. Reggie Santiago, Attilo Santos, and Jefford Signat All around the world, policemen are seen as beacons of law and order. However, just like anywhere else on the planet, the Philippines also has its fair share of corrupt law enforcers. In 2012, a group of police officers were charged with kidnapping and murdering the wife of a rich local businessman. Reggie Santiago, Attilo Santos, and Jefford Signap were quickly rounded up for their alleged involvement in that crime. However, through their arrest, a host of terrifying revelations came out. Santiago, one of the accused, said that they were not operating on their own, but at the behest of their immediate commander, a certain police superintendent, Romel Miranda. According to the former policeman, he, along with the two others, were summoned upon by their supervisor at a secret location to discuss a plan. Their target was a woman named Lee Eng. While her husband operates a huge chain of supermarkets around the country, Eng held a major business operation of trucking and money lending in the province of Cavite. Though it wasn't actually legal, considering that he was a public servant, Miranda had apparently also worked as a debt collector for Ng. Things quickly went south when he, for reasons yet to be known, refused to turn over to his employer his collections worth 13 million pesos, which was roughly 210,000 U.S. dollars. 
Not wanting to be busted, the chief officer took precautionary measures of kidnapping his benefactor. It was in this scheme that Santiago, Santos, and Signap supposedly got themselves embroiled into. Which is why on January 20th, 2012, Miranda ordered these henchmen to abduct the victim. She was taken, and based on Santiago's statement, the high-ranking police officer killed her in cold blood. The trio were then told to dispose of the body. During these times, Ng was reported missing, but on February 23rd of that same year, the country's anti-kidnapping group received a tip that led them to a nearby province whereby they found the victim's remains stashed inside a septic tank. Details of the ensuing investigation said that Santiago, Santos, and Signap were captured on CCTV getting inside the missing woman's car. It was through this evidence that the three were linked and later arrested for the crime. Meanwhile, Miranda vehemently denied any involvement in the conspiracy. Further investigation on the case is ongoing, and interestingly, prosecutors still could not implicate the police superintendent. Perhaps Santiago wasn't telling the truth, but there's also the possibility that the alleged mastermind simply has some big connections that have protected him from being prosecuted. Number 1. Patrick Ferguson For some people, having a badge and a gun means that they now have authority over the lives of others. But that couldn't be further from the truth. The law makes sure that not one person should be above it. Apparently some police officers, like Patrick Ferguson, forgot that this tenant exists. On January 6 of 2021, a woman reported to the police that her boyfriend, Robert Howard, had gone missing around 8.30 that day. He was last seen at about 5 p.m. the previous day on Mark Twain Street, which is near Overton Crossing in Fraser. During her due diligence, the girlfriend told the Memphis Police Department that she used a cell phone app to track her partner's cell phone and found it near Lamar Avenue in Shelby Drive. Interestingly, though, Howard was not in the location. Having heard this, the police department's missing persons and homicide bureaus immediately conducted an investigation, and their information led them to the discovery of Ferguson's role. They found that Ferguson acted on his own accord, armed himself with his personal handgun, and then drove in his squad car. He then met up with his target outside of the latter's residence and forced him to get inside the police vehicle. The law enforcer then drove the vehicle around the area of Fraser Boulevard and Denver Street in Memphis, Tennessee, which is less than half a mile away from the victim's house. Once there, he allegedly shot and killed Howard, who was sitting in the back of the car. Interestingly, the reports could not indicate the motive behind the vicious killing. However, an arrest affidavit offered details as to what the killer did after the incident. Supposedly, Ferguson searched in his cell phone ideas on how to clean up crime scenes as well as how to destroy DNA evidence. He was also found purchasing cinder blocks, chains, and padlocks at a hardware store. These items were later used by the accused to hide the evidence. More jarring revelations came to light with the release of a surveillance video, which showed the former policeman shooting the victim while inside the patrol car. 
During interrogations, Ferguson confessed to seeking the assistance of a friend in moving the body. Joshua Rogers, the person in question, was told to wrap up the corpse before transporting it to another location. Ferguson, who had been on the force since October of 2018, was immediately discharged and indicated in the kidnapping and murder case. Meanwhile, his partner was charged for being an accessory to the crime. Aside from bringing justice to those who were wronged, it is now the goal of Memphis police to restore its integrity, which, unfortunately, was once ruined by one of their own. So that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please do subscribe. Remember, you can always watch these episodes on our podcast or vice versa. If you're listening to the podcast, you can watch these on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll see you soon.